For your sports talk fix every day from four to six is Scalzo and Brust. For your sports talk fix every day from four to six is Scalzo and Brust. For your sports talk fix every day from four to six is Scalzo and Brust. For your sports talk fix every day from four to six is Scalzo and Brust. Live from the Gruber Law Office, one call, that's all studios at Radio City. This is Scalzo and Brust. Presented by Bud Light on 94.5 ESPN and Wisconsin On Demand. It's a party, baby. Across ESPN Wisconsin, he is big time Ben Brust. I'm Greg Scalzo. We are live at the Milwaukee Bucks Foundation golf outing at the Bog in Sockville, coming off of a pretty brutal weekend of football in the state of Wisconsin, starting with the Badgers on Saturday in their loss to Washington State as a 17 point home favorite. And then, of course, the Green Bay Packers on the road yesterday at U.S. Bank Stadium. Uh, tough loss to the rival Minnesota Vikings. Josh DiMaggio, one of the show, back at the Grubel offices. One call, that's all, studios of Radio City in Milwaukee. We got our guy Alex Strofe hanging out at the Park Bank ESPN Madison Studios downtown off to Capitol Square in Madison. We're not forgetting about you, ESPN uh, 1430 ESPN Beaver Dam up in Dodge County. But we have no choice but to start with that game yesterday. And the Green Bay Packers doing exactly what everyone should have expected them to do. I am shocked at the reaction to the game yesterday when everybody going into it had eyes wide open that this team was going to struggle at the beginning of the season. It is like, oh, it's my first round of golf this year. I know I'm going to stink. I haven't played golf in a while. I always start out the, the, the golf season terribly. And then you start throwing your clubs on hole four because you're so upset and you're so mad uh, at how poorly you've been playing. That's where we're at right now at the Green Bay Packers. And I'm not saying that it wasn't ugly. I'm not saying that it wasn't hard to watch. But I think the expectation should have been, it certainly was for me, it certainly was for many people, that that's a hard game to go out and win, especially if you have a banged-up offensive line on the road in a very difficult place to play uh, against a team who is going to treat that as their Super Bowl. We talked about it all week last week. We talked about how you shouldn't bet on this game. We talked about do not overreact. And then what happens today? It is overreaction city. It is they should have started their starters in preseason. And Aaron Rodgers not being in a practice in May meant that Christian Watson was going to drop the easiest damn ball <laughs> in freaking September. <laughs> I, I mean, it, it's so I, I get it. Like, Connecting the it. dots to that is amazing. 800-990-3776. Like, like, bring it on. What, what's the concern? What are you surprised about, I guess, is what I want to know. 800-990-3776. We'll get to our pie charts of blame. We certainly have a lot of thoughts to share with you all. Uh, but before we get into the negative stuff, can the three of us, four of us, 
Can the tens of thousands of us in the Scalzo and Russ family at least acknowledge the brilliant blocking by Josiah the Messiah Deguara <laughs> that took place yesterday in Minnesota? Let's get a round of applause. Yeah. Thank you, Josh. Yeah. I mean, and, and he you was what? carrying dudes that, out there. That was the highlight of our group text of the game was when Josiah finished the block like I was watching the blind side the movie when Michael Orr in Blindside took the guy all the way 50 yards down the field. Josiah's finishing blocks. That's a guy with heart. Sick reference. And then jo- Your references are out of control. Everyone. And then that. bringing in Jordan Love late in the game. Guess who was the highlight of the Jordan Love era in the fourth quarter? Josiah. Josiah. Uh, uh, he's he's wide receiver, tight end, halfback, one in the, in the second unit right now. So the, the future's bright for Jordan Love and Josiah DeGuara. But, yeah, look. If everyone is is looking for a reason to overreact, like I, I'm here for it because again, Greg Scalzo, the guy who Josh DiMaggio is getting sick of being right, said it on Friday. I wouldn't touch the Packers minus one and a half. Why? Because there's no reason to. And you know what? I I don't even want to hear my myself speak. I want to go to the family. I I want to go to to Jake from Milwaukee. Uh, on the old National Bank, Bank Talk and Text Line. Jake, welcome into Scal Zone, bro. Almost the perfect landing by you. 9.2. What's yeah. up, Jake? <laughs> uh, guys, I understand it's a bad loss. It's only one game, though. It, you know, we can't the, – there's 60 more games left, so let's relax. But I'm concerned about the offense. It looked bad. It looked very – I mean, this is his uh, – Rodgers' fourth year in the first Matt LaFleur system. It did not look good. It looked shaky. That's my concern is the offense, not the defense, the offense. I'm not sure what you guys think, but yeah, – and, th- and thank you for the call, Jake. Thank you for the call. It, it's one thing to be uh, an offense. Yeah, you can say Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers, but, like, it's not just Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers. They were missing two all-pro tackles. Like in, in like you can say, hey, take away some of the big plays from Justin Jefferson. The offense had no chance because Aaron Rodgers was never going to get in a rhythm with the offensive line play that was out there yesterday. And the idea that there was going – like, did we not talk about the kinks that were going to have to be worked out with Alan Lazard out and rookies getting, getting more playing time? We, we did. We knew that this was going to be slow for this offense to develop. Uh, I, I also think, though um, – I also think that when you're looking at the start of that game, and people aren't looking at this game in the sense of it being a game. Like, it it was a packaged game. Every single one is different. The entire offensive performance started with a perfectly executed play that fell apart on one of the worst drops you will ever see from a rookie, from the rookie, the first wide receiver they drafted this year in Christian Watson. And from there, this Packers team started to get beat up. And what happens when you get beat up in a game? And then all of a sudden they miss out on that fourth and goal and you end up turning the ball over with no points on the board? N- now all of a sudden the momentum is completely shifted. You are behind in the game, on the road, in the loudest place you're going to play all year, going up against uh, uh, pass rushers who are able to pin their ears back on you because it's difficult to stay with the run game. That was obvious from the Packers. And so like all of a sudden, all of these things started to build against the offense and they talked about in the broadcast. I mean, in, in that third quarter, even at halftime, like the body language from that team was garbage. And so it's a hard thing to pull yourself out of. It's not like it was a game in which you were able to see what this Packers team can do. 
Do I have concerns that this Packers offense won't be a good offense coming from behind as they haven't been for years? Yes, I do have a concern, but that was a concern I would have had coming into the season because that's who this Packers team has been. I mean, to think about all the big plays that Justin Jefferson had and the defense, like, really didn't give up that many points for as much uh, time of possession as the Minnesota Vikings have, for as many times as Aaron Rodgers and the offense couldn't figure it out. Like, uh, again, what did you expect? Because when I was watching, uh, I tend to agree. Once Christian Watson dropped the ball, once the offensive line getting pressure into Aaron Rodgers and Zedarius got to him and Daniil Hunter got to him and others were getting to him and he's getting sandwiched in between him and John Runyon on an offensive possession. Like I was like, look, it's not going to happen today and everything that's going to happen from this point forward is going to be holy crap. What's going on? How, how is this guy how, with the Packers? What, 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 what? They didn't have Dave Bakhtiari. They didn't have Elton Jenkins. They didn't have Alan Lazard. And I know I'm not saying Alan Lazard's a Pro Bowl wide receiver, but that's a guy that Aaron trusts. 800-990-3776. Let's go back to the old National Bank talk. Text line, old National Bank, get old. Ryan from Milwaukee. Welcome to Scalzo and Russ. What do you got? Hey, thanks for taking my call, guys. Uh, I think the biggest thing that stood out to me yesterday, because I can live with the offense struggling a little bit early on, especially with like the injuries to the O-line, bunch of rookies on the outside was just some of the scheme stuff from the defense i mean there was one play where preston smith was in coverage against just justin jefferson stokes looked lost trying to cover jefferson and i know people were talking about wanting to put like jair over there on him which would be great but maybe that just wasn't the scheme yesterday but just some of it was just like mind-boggling like how can you not or how can you have preston smith in the slot trying to cover the best receiver in, in football or one of the best receivers in football well, that's all I got. That's, that's a fair question. Thanks for the call. And here's what I'll say. Like, I mean, the the obvious answer to somebody is just like, hey, put Jair on him. But, like, that's not how Joe Barry's or defense is, is schemed. Like, it's going to be more zone. But I do agree. Like, that that's something that they're going to have to work on for next time is figuring out how to make sure that they have the right personnel out there that Preston Smith is never matched up with Justin Jefferson in the slot. And that's where you do have to give the Minnesota Vikings some credit is they move Justin Jefferson around in motion. They put him in the slot. They put him out wide. They basically did what... Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers would do with Aaron, with Devontae Adams and put him just about everywhere, put him in motion. Uh, although there's no excuse about uh, being in the red zone and Justin Jefferson going in motion and get, not getting passed off to somebody. like Those were just absolute mistakes that the defense can't have. That doesn't mean that I'm going to be scared that this defense doesn't have the ability to be a good defense in the NFL. Uh, like I'm not, I'm not walking away from that performance. Other than knowing, like, hey, there were mistakes that like are fixable mistakes. Other than, you know, geez, Justin Jefferson's wide open in their zone coverage. Figure out a way to at least get somebody on him, not named Preston Smith, in, in that one play. It was pretty obvious that in that game yesterday. And again, it's important to look at this as one game. Uh, the Packers coaching staff, especially defensively, was out coached by the Vikings coaching staff. And when you're going into a game and you have that much time to prepare, I, yeah, that stuff matters. And I think where uh, where you saw the Packers' inability to adjust, you're right, Ben. I mean, Jair Alexander talked about it uh, after the game when he talked about not having the opportunity uh, to shadow Justin Jefferson and how he wished that he would have been, would have been able to. Um, they, they didn't have man-to-man heading into that game as a prepared scheme. This is what Jair, the rattlesnake Alexander, had to say. 
The game plan was to not allow 18 to beat us. And uh, like I say, we did much better in the second half than the first half. Um, why, I was, you know, why I wasn't on him, that's not my call. You know, you know, anybody watch me play, you know, then that's what I want. But, um, you know, uh, we, we played a much better in the second half, but the first half he looked like a premier receiver in the league. That, again, Jair Alexander, uh, you could hear the disappointment in his voice, the all-pro cornerback, somebody that we all expected to make a big impact in his return uh, to the Packers this season after being injured for most of last year. Uh I think he's disappointed. He's the right to be disappointed, and, and, and he probably is disappointed a little bit in the coaching staff for not trusting him more. Now, there's probably a number of reasons that we aren't going to pretend like we know that they decided that was the right scheme, but in the end, the results were the results, and the Packers let the other team's best player beat them uh, in a way that they can't do moving forward. Now it's dependent on Matt LaFleur to make sure that his defense coaches have their players in the right position to succeed, because I think that uh, it, it is a consensus among football people that the players are talented there but the coaching staff has to help them put it together because that's like that's the thing is is scheme wise like yeah sure uh, against a different team where there's not probably the the best wide receiver in the NFL like Stokes and Douglas like have probably have the ability to play zone and match up with just about anyone who who goes in motion or you know switches off from Jair to Eric Stokes on the other side when they go in motion but that was Justin Jefferson and like the the results were the results as you said, and so I, I look forward to seeing how the defense like the defense can evolve. This is game one of seventeen, and I'd, I'd make the argument this one was actually better than New Orleans last year, which is even crazy to say. 800-990-3776 Scalzo and Russ live from the Milwaukee Bucks Foundation golf outing at the Bog we want to hear from you we'll unveil our pie charts of blame next for the Packers loss yesterday uh, I can't even bring myself to talk about that Badgers loss because it just feels like the entire season has gone down the toilet uh, but we will make a little bit of time for it we'll focus our pie we charts early in our lives yeah, I'm not of the school of thought. Uh, yeah. I would rather have I'm trying to justify. Longer. Yeah, no, no. Uh, you can you can justify however you want internally. Uh, I am very hurt by that, but we'll unveil our pie chart blame. Uh, we want to hear from you as well. Eight hundred nine ninety thirty seven seventy six. Call us in the old National Bank Talk text line. Keep talking Packers. It's Galzo and Brust, presented by the world's greatest beer, Bud Light. You're listening to Bud Light, Scalzo, and Russ. What do you mean by training your body to like spicy things? It's a weird way to put <laughs> like, it. Like I love, I I really enjoy spicy things now, but I didn't eat spicy things until I got to college. Like spicy things were never in. You had to train your body. Like, didn't you just like eating it when you tried it? <laughs> no, it was like hot. Like I was like, I don't know if I like this tingly thing that's in my mouth. Subscribe to the Scalzo and Brust podcast free on the Wisconsin On Demand app and wherever you get your podcasts. Are your other friends are busy making them babies? Been out in the real world, don't like how it's 
some sugar in my water because we making mini-mates. Tough Packers lost yesterday up in Minnesota as the Packers fall to the Vikings at U.S. Bank Stadium. The offense stunk, only putting up seven points. A dropped 75-yard touchdown by Christian Watson. Uh, a failed fourth and goal from the two-yard line on an RPO where Aaron Rodgers admitted he should have taken it into the left side and he just made the wrong read. Uh, that still wouldn't have been enough as the Vikings put up 23 points largely on the back of Justin Jefferson being more wide open than anyone has ever been wide open in the history of football. As the best, one of the best receivers in football. Multiple times throughout. Uh, just, you know, some, some, some rough uh, entree into into the season uh, for this Green Bay Packers team, especially coming off of an offseason where there have been some questions. But we expected a slow start here on Scalzo and Bruss. Maybe you did, maybe you didn't. We want to hear from you. 800-990-3776. One veil. Our pie chart to blame here shortly, but right now we're going to go to the official clown of the Scalzo and Bruss family, the man who thinks the last three years of football would have been better, or I guess the last two years of football would have been better with Jordan Love at the helm as opposed to the back-to-back MVP, uh, Aaron Rodgers. He is Mark in New Berlin. The legendary Mark in New Berlin. The train is up the station. Put in Jordan Love. Let's see what he can do. We know he can do a lot. I, I predict him to be better than Aaron Rodgers. Win, I don't know if he'll be better, but he'll win more Super Bowls than Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> well, Mark, you're an idiot. Mark in New Berlin, the floor is yours. Happy Monday! <laughs> you know, I don't even really have to say much there. It's all the, all the Scouts on Bruce listeners that doubt me if they watch that game. You know, I, right now I'm having a cousin sub, sub of the day, for Kirk, for Kirk Cousins, the young and dynamic Kirk Cousins. Man, <laughs> he just tore, he just ripped us apart. And Aaron Rodgers, enough of the haircuts, this new scapes, Gator Boy haircut, enough of the, you know, the drinks, the, the stupidest State Farm commercials I've ever seen, you know. Let's let's just get back to football. But I did, did hear, I did hear from Adam Scheffler that he went, he called up that Grandma <laughs> Ayahuasca. He called up Grandma Ayahuasca and he said, when will I reconnect with the receiver? And you know what she said? Not yet, my son. Not yet, my son. He, you know, so... You know, Aaron, and then we had Jordan hey, Love. Real quick, hey, real quick, he real quick, like Mark. A, uh, real real yes. quick, I'll let you finish. I'll let you finish talking about Jordan Love. But is Adam uh, Scheffler related <laughs> to Scotty Scheffler by chance? <laughs> he could be. Okay. No, right. no, what I'm, no, <laughs> no, what I'm saying is Jordan <laughs> Love came in character. there. The Ferrari <laughs> was tuned up. All right, the, what do you got Jordan for Jordan Love? Jordan Love came in there. The Ferrari was the, he was tuned up. He was, he was on spot with the ball, you know, first downs. I mean, what are we waiting for? Put the Ferrari <laughs> in. With the he's choked, he, you know, enough of the Malibu. He choked, he, he's choking, he's choking now. He doesn't even want to play, you know. I was so happy when, when Smith got him. You know, wake him up a little bit. You know, so let's put Jordan Love in. And another thing, on a serious note, you can tell Jair <laughs> Alexander is in the same place. I like how we just lost uh, a lost hearing of him right when he, he said, said a serious I'm serious note. No. Um, Josh probably knows what he said. Let us know if it's that serious. Uh, but, no, it was a Jair Alexander opinion. Okay, yeah. Uh, I, 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 
If there's a day for him to call in and talk about when Jordan Love looked better than uh, uh, Aaron Rodgers, yesterday was that day. Uh, and I mean both on the field and walking into the stadium because if there's one thing I'm disappointed in Aaron Rodgers for, it's the freaking haircut that he got. Now, what I want the Scalzo and Russ family to offer is some empathy because we've all gotten really bad haircuts, right? We've all thought, hey, here's an idea. Here's, here's what I think would be cool. And then you get the haircut and you're like, oh, no. That's clearly what happened with Aaron Rodgers, although I thought the outfit that he was rocking off the plane was dynamic. You know, it's funny you say that because, you know, I, I have, you know, famously had a bad haircut uh, that I've been made fun of by the Scalzo and Bruss family for. So mm-hmm. I asked the Scalzo and Bruss family not to show empathy and show Aaron Rodgers the same thoughts and feelings you have towards his bad haircut as you would mine. Salty. I can tell that you are salty. 800 990 Apple Man in the Orchard chimes in, says, Apparently I gave the Packers too much credit. My predicted score last week was 23-10. to Vikings, the Scalzo and Russ fought, uh, family, thought I was nuts. That's our guy Apple Man picking apples. Um, Hilsey chimes in and says, It's a sad day when Josiah the Messiah DeGuara is the toast of the game day group chat. <laughs> the only real surprise for me was the... The awful defensive scheme. Yeah, that's fair. Antito Hopeboy chimes in since they spread the ball around more when Adams was injured last year and won. Adams came back, and the reason we lost the playoff game was too much reliance on Adams from Rodgers. Yes, Devontae was a weapon, but damn, it's a professional football team. Relax. Ooh, throwing out the relax early. I like it. Rodgers did spread the ball around quite a bit yesterday. The problem was is that, like, again, when you miss the opportunity for the big plays they had, and then they got the momentum overly just relying. just sucked out of you when you're out of the road in a divisional game. It you was, can't make those mistakes. It was tough. Brett O'Claire says, my biggest takeaway is Rodgers holding the ball when he knows his line is depleted. I do think there was a couple instances where he could have tucked and run, uh, although if he tucked run and got injured, we'd be sitting here yelling all about how it's game one and you shouldn't be sacrificing your body. That's the entire season uh, or even throwing the ball away. Yeah, he held on to it a little long, but look, it's game one for everybody. Well, I was also going to say there was also times where like, like they showed a replay and it was, hey, there's Randall Cobb coming over the middle. And as soon as uh, somebody would have been open, that's when he had to tuck and try and get out of the pressure because the offensive line wasn't holding up. So, yes, did he hold on to it too long? Absolutely. But he also doesn't have the trust of every receiver out there that if he throws it to a specific spot, i.e. early on in the game when Romeo Dobbs went right, when Rodgers thought he was going to go left. Like, there just isn't that continuity yet, and it will get there, and it just got to get there quicker than, uh, than it normally has from a younger rookie receiver to develop that. Uh, 800-990-3776, the number to get into the show. Ezra in Port Washington chimes in uh, and says, My biggest takeaway from the game is that the Vikings' new coach, uh, O'Connell, officially has the most punchable face of all the head coaches in the league. I will say for for a guy that, like, I don't know. It's like a, like a really clearly like a smart football brain. He he got landed a head coaching job as part of the Rams offensive uh, offensive coordinator. He like he over celebrated. You know what I mean? Like he acted as if this was the Super Bowl as well when it was game one. You know what I mean? Like I don't know. I just want my coach to know the bigger picture. And he you know what? It's perfect. He fits the Vikings mindset. I don't care that much about. Yes, I mean it's fair, but like, how punchable is his face? Because I didn't notice it, and now I have to look him up. It's not as much um, a punchable face to me as it was the punchable like, 
like actions and him him just being really demonstrative on the sideline. It's kind of a punchable face. He's got a killer jawline right there. Uh, yes, I remember him playing at San Diego State, Kevin O'Connell. Um, yeah, very punchable face. I, I tend to agree. Uh, he's got that whole like my bottom of my face is wider than the top of my top of my head thing going on. You would have a you'd have a tough jaw if you hit it. It might hurt. Uh, I I maybe. Maybe, but it's also like big tree fall hard, you know. Maybe we just break real easy. Eight hundred nine nine zero thirty seven seventy six. Dave from Monona says Rogers ghosted these young receivers. Nothing has changed because he ignored them the rest of the game. Matt Lafleur had to call to a reverse uh, place to get them involved. Uh, would love to know how many times Rogers changed Matt's play call. Uh, I don't think there's going to be as many conflicts between Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers as expected. I actually think that the bigger issue wasn't that he uh, was ignoring some of the young wide receivers. I thought the bigger issue was not getting Sammy Watkins involved and not getting Aaron Jones involved more. I mean, I think when you look at some of their best playmakers, you have to start with the two running backs and Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. And uh, I don't know if those guys got involved enough, especially especially Aaron Jones. Um, do I think that the drop by Christian Watson changed things a little bit? Yeah, but probably as much because if you're Watson, it's really hard to get some confidence back after that. Dobbs got a little well, bit of Rogers action Well, Rodgers didn't throw to him for you know another two quarters after he dropped the ball. Yeah, but they also didn't have him out there as much. I mean, they ran with him on an end around, so they got the ball back in his hands. And like, I, My positive is like for a guy that wasn't a part of training camp, for him to jump out week one and make a double move and get open on, on a on on a just like a go on the outside, that's a positive to me. You know, was it a horrible drop? Yes, but let's remember this guy got hurt and wasn't a part of training camp for most of it. Eight hundred nine nine zero thirty seven seventy six. Keep the comments coming in. Call us as well. We'll keep the phone lines open here. Eight hundred nine nine zero thirty seven seventy six. Once again, not surprised. Uh, I am not surprised by the loss yesterday. It feels like everybody prepared themselves going into this, and then all of a sudden we're like, oh my god, I can't believe that. This just happened, even though I anticipated it happening. Um, and that surprised me a little bit. I'm surprised at how surprised everybody else is. <laughs> I'm surprised that everyone's surprised about the not surprise that we expected. Vroom, vroom. Road America can get you happy again. And if that's what you're looking for, you can do so. You can do so this weekend by watching Vintage Race Cars take on the 4.1-mile road course to end the 2022 seasons. The Aaron Art, Aaron's Art of Wheels Vintage Weekend wraps it up this September 16th through the 18th. You know where to get your tickets. RoadAmerica.com. Go to RoadAmerica.com to get your tickets today. Come for that experience. Stay for the race. It's Again, it's more than just the race. You can have great food. You can have a great time renting an RV, bringing your family, Making memories, RoadAmerica.com. Catch the Aaron's Art of Wheels Vintage Weekend wrapping up the season. Justin Jefferson dominated yesterday in the Vikings 20. 20- to eight victory over the Packers at U.S. Bank Stadium. Nine receptions, 184 yards, two tutties against that Packers defense, that secondary that we've all been so confident in. Jefferson said himself he's surprised by how open he was and how often he was open. Uh, one or zero, did Joe Barry forget about Justin Jefferson? Just oh, one that's of, mean. One of the many one or zeros we have coming up next. That's Galso and Bross. We're presented by Bud Light live from the Milwaukee Bucks Foundation Golf Outing. You're listening to Bud Light, Scalzo, and Brust. When would I have learned that? I didn't take anatomy. I mean, you probably would have learned it just in basic biology. Yeah. Um, I don't biology know. Biology wasn't. I wasn't good at. 
general um, curiosity. Why would I have general curiosity? Didn't you have a knee injury in high school? No, I broke my ankle. Tibia. Why would I have general curiosity? <laughs> Subscribe to the Scalzo and Brust podcast free on the Wisconsin On Demand app and wherever you get your podcasts. Russell Bruss live from the Milwaukee Bucks Foundation golf outing at the Bog. He's Ben Brust. I'm Greg Scalzo. Josh DiMaggio back at the Gruber Office. Is one call. That's all studios at Radio City in Milwaukee running the show. Uh, Alex Strofe hanging out at the Park Bank ESPN Madison Studios downtown. Off the Capitol Square in Madison. Of course, 1430 uh, ESPN Beaver Dam up in Dodge County. Happy to have everyone aboard as we're talking all things Packers here today. Rough weekend of football in Wisconsin as the Badgers also fell as 17 points home favorites to Washington State on Saturday, uh, but the Packers has everyone very, very concerned. Uh, we'll continue talking Packers here. Little, one or zero on Scouts Home Brust. Are you a one or a zero? That's the question you have to ask yourself. Are you a yes or a no? There's no such thing as a gray area. Life is binary. It's just a one or a zero. He is Ben Brust. As I said, I'm Greg Scalzo. We're your contestants for one or zero. Josh DiMaggio, your host. He asks us a question. We say one for yes, zero for no. There is no gray area. Joshy, take it away. Yesterday, Justin Jefferson had nine receptions, 184 yards, and two touchdowns against the Packers defense. Jefferson said himself he was surprised how open he was. One or zero. Joe Barry forgot about Justin Jefferson. Um... In the first half, I'm going to go with one. Um, look, Joe Barry's an energetic guy. Uh, I I think he... That's a bad... When you have to start with he's an energetic guy, that's a bad sign. Yeah, it means you're making excuses for something that you shouldn't have to make excuses for. Look, overall, I don't I don't care if Joe Barry forgot about Jeff, Justin Jefferson because the idea that like I had to say that out loud is really embarrassing. It's like it, it just is for a Packers defense that was talking a bunch of crap, joint practices, Rasul Douglas is running their, running his mouth. Like it's it's inexcusable and it's unacceptable. Like th- that's ultimately Darnell what happened. Savage too. Yeah, I'm, I'm a zero here. Look, they clearly built a scheme and a strategy, uh, were, like looking to stop Justin Jefferson. But you saw on the field moments of miscommunication. Uh, you saw guys still trying to figure out who's doing what as the ball is being snapped, um, and you saw a lot of disarray out there. And I think that when you see a disjointed defense, that's what happens: is massive parts of the field get forgotten, uh, especially when you're running a zone scheme like the Packers were. This wasn't one-on-one, which is simplified. So what Joe Barry tried to implement wasn't executed, and that falls on his shoulders as well as the players. But it's his job to make sure that whatever strategy and scheme they have is is being executed at a high level or you have to figure out what strategy and scheme can be executed at a high level maybe that would have been a simplified one but whatever they tried yesterday didn't work and it's not because they didn't forget about him it was because they didn't do a good enough job of implementing and executing what they thought would be the right plan and i'm trying to think real quick before you go joshy like why not man like I, I know they like they run a lot of zone but why not man in that situation because Adam Thielen isn't what he once was like if you really have trust in that secondary which it seems like they should considering they've all been together outside of Russell Douglas for the last three years Savage Amos you're bringing Eric Stokes 
good rookie year. And then Jair, obviously coming off injury, like, you know, looked good in his moments that he was targeted. Like, why not? I, I guess uh, when you build a scheme around zone, not changing man-to-man and half is something you can't do. I mean, you also can't in today's NFL be a team that is just hard-headed enough to say, look, we don't do man-to-man. Like, the best teams are, are versatile. Ones, yes, they are ones that actually game, uh, uh, game plan the right way for the individual teams that they're playing. Yeah, I mean, to give that actual context, the, the scheme of the defense is the same one that Brandon Staley ran, who was a Ram, which is where Joe Barry came from. So they like to run zone, but clearly it didn't work. Winner zero, the Packers lead the league in allowing career-high games to opposing players. Zero? I feel like there's a lot of bad teams out there that uh, that that ultimately allow a lot of career-high games as well. Although there are certainly some that stick out. I still think that Thielen had a, uh, a more yards in a game uh, back in 18 against the Packers than Jefferson did yesterday. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to go with zero, knowing that, like, Jonathan Taylor last year, like, buried the entire league with rushing yards and had some ridiculous games. It's just, it just fresh, and it sucks. And uh, as long as I don't see it happen again. I mean, like, again, when Dalvin Cook ran around them all over the place in 2019, like... It happens to every team. On Saturday, videos emerged of Aaron Rodgers with a new haircut and dressed somewhat uh, in an outfit between Nick Cage and Keanu Reeves. One or zero. Aaron Rodgers got a bad haircut. I mean, one. I already said it. It's a brutal haircut. It's a bad look. And I get maybe that's the style now. I, I don't know what it is. So, yeah, you just, can't justify that that's the style now. Who have you seen in your life that is wearing that haircut that's like, Lula, look at this style now. Here's how I know. If I showed up to work in that haircut, what would you say to me? I would tell you to go home. <laughs> I would say go home, do whatever you need to do, but like you're not in the right headspace to be able to do it. But do you think it affected the game? Here's how I know that Aaron knows it was a bad haircut because the style that he had that haircut in walking off the plane was different than the style he had it in post game. So he's still trying to figure out what to do with it. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know why he cut it. I lo- like I love I love the long hair, hair too. I, I, it fit him and everything that he was doing. The man bun was kind of sexy. Like I was kind of turned on by him, but now definitely not. One or zero. Aaron Rodgers is too too old to be experimenting with new hairstyles. I mean, I would say zero because he's still experimenting with new drugs all the time. So I feel like if you're uh, still young enough to be experimenting on new drugs, then you should still be young enough to experiment with new hairstyles. And for some reason, I think those two things uh, go hand in hand for Mr. Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I'm going to say zero as well because, you know, look, he has hair. And I think uh, I'm going to I don't want to speak for the people that don't have hair. I think people that don't have hair would like to be able to play with their hair and change their hairstyles, but they can't. Well, they're also forced to, right? Exactly. So it would be nice to have the freedom for them to be able to do things with their hair. Yesterday, Welcome, bald people. Yesterday, during the Bears and 49ers game, the broadcast had to digitally impose the yard lines onto the TV screen because Soldier Field was so flooded. One or zero. The NFL should relegate the Chicago Bears. Zero. I mean... It's going to be a, a free bounce back win for the Packers uh, this Sunday at Lambeau Field. Uh, so you definitely want to keep them in the division. Now, I will say th- th- this did remind me of my high school team. My high school football team, in which I did not play on, won two games my junior and senior year of high school. One game each year. And it was when it rained so much, 
that every time the opposing team came into our field, it turned into a mud fest where we could only win the game where it was in the mud. All the other schools had turf. They didn't know how to play in it. And I think the 49ers were like, we can't play in this standing water. We can't throw the ball uh, with our rookie Trey Lance. And the Bears are like, we can. We got to take advantage of this opportunity. We 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 suck. We're gonna we're gonna win by the weather. Yeah, I'm a zero here because they they're just they're just gonna move their stadium, <laughs> like and put a dome over it. I mean, it's it's so bad at Soldier Field, and it's one of those things that's hard to figure out because everyone's aware of how bad it is, including the Chicago Parks District who runs the field, and they tried to put on new grass this year that was supposed to be better field surface for when you do have inclement weather. Now, obviously, the weather was so bad, um, and there's some drainage issues there at Soldier Field. I just, I mean, they're already preparing to move, and I do think yesterday probably reinforced why they should move. Um, I hate to see it because I still love city stadiums, and I thought that that's such a cool location for it, even if I don't love the stadium in totality. And I'm still disappointed that they're getting rid of the racetrack, although they've already gotten rid of it. So at this point, just move the field there so we never have to have another game like that again. And if you have Trey Lance on your fantasy team, you don't have to suffer uh, for the fact that uh, that there was no ability to actually throw the ball in Chicago. Tausche said it best uh, earlier on Wilde and Tausche's like, there could have been ducks on the field. <laughs> you know, there just, just could have been ducks just hanging out, swimming around. Uh, there could have been ducks hanging out, I guess. I think there were a few ducks, and unfortunately they were coming uh, from our fantasy quarterback, uh, Trey Lance. Yes, a little backlash right now. Yes. Uh, speaking of the Green Bay Packers, for the Packers fans out there, which I believe is many of you in the Scalzo and Russ family, uh, what does your dream weekend look like? Is it incredible tickets, an exclusive tailgate for you and your friends, all expenses paid travel and accommodations for you and five of your best friends? Well, that's what the American Family Insurance Dream Weekend sweepstakes is all about and more. Head over to AmFam.com slash Packers to enter for your chance to win this once-in-a-lifetime Packers fan experience. No purchase is necessary. It's that easy. AmFam.com slash Packers. Enter to win. Again, you're going to get all expenses paid, travel and accommodations. You and five friends, incredible tickets, an exclusive tailgate, the AmFam Dream Weekend. AmFam.com slash Packers. We will officially give our pie charts of blame for the Packers' loss yesterday. Plus, ask you for your uh, allocations of blame because there's a lot of blame to go around for how the Packers started their season once again. We'll be asking you that. 800-990-3776 next. It's Galson and Brust presented by the world's greatest beer, Bud Light. You're listening to Bud Light, Galson and Brust. How many compartments does a cow's stomach have? Four. Scalzo and Brust. What's amazing is that people are still accusing you of cheating. How? I would cheat to win. Because Not you, cheat to lose. Because the four compartments in a cow's stomach. That's because there's when, four little things that you little... That you, that you, you know. <laughs> this is why people think that you cheat. Subscribe to the Scalzo and Brust podcast free on the Wisconsin On Demand app and wherever you get your podcasts. A lot of blame to go around after yesterday's 23-7 loss in Minnesota. The Packers struggled offensively, starting with a drop by Christian Watson. The first play of the game would have been a 75-yard touchdown. Didn't get 
Uh, the ball in Aaron Jones's hands enough. There's a number of things you could point to there. I know everybody wants to compare it to uh, Devontae Adams and put the blame on that, but still the defense struggled, especially against the Vikings' best player, that being Justin Jefferson, uh, who uh, literally was not guarded in the first half, came up with nine catches, uh, 175 yards and two touchdowns, 193 yards. I don't have the stats directly in front of me now, but he dominated the game. It doesn't really matter. Um, it was an all-around slot fest from the Green Bay Packers up in Minnesota at U.S. Bank Stadium. Zadarius Smith uh, was doing what he does on the ground there. Daniel Hunter uh, looked like he was going back into his prime and all in all, just an ugly day at the office for the Green Bay Packers and you know what that means, Brusty. It's time to put some blame onto some people. It's time for the Scalzo and Brust pie chart of blame. All right, you want me to kick it off, Gregory? Kick it off. I will kick it off by giving Matt LaFleur 25% of the blame. There's a lot of blame to go around, but he takes 25% because it's no coincidence that week one last year, they were hot garbage. Week one this year, again, hot garbage. Matt LaFleur, 25% of the blame. I'm going to go a smaller percentage now. I'm going to give 5% to Josh DiMaggio. He's just been so negative. Oh, so negative. Like, I, like, it just like this, this Scalzo and Bruss family is a family, and we need to all be aligned, and we're not aligned. We have an outlier of the family right now that kind of feels like he's becoming a cousin, the cousin that you just don't talk to and never hear from again. So 5% goes to Josh DiMaggio. 5% also goes to the Minnesota Vikings because, look, they, were, they outplayed us, they outcoached us, and, uh, you know, give credit where credit is due. 10% goes to Joe Barry. What the hell are you doing? Your scheme, yeah, you had one prepared for the team. Didn't make any, I guess they did make some adjustments. Justin Jefferson wasn't as effective in the second half, but the game was lost by then. The game was lost. The game was lost. 15% goes to Aaron Rodgers because he is their best player. And I don't care that he's actually uh, ripping on some guys, getting in their grill, uh, being demonstrative with his body language. Guess what? The standard is the standard. And... He said pregame with Aaron, with Aaron Andrews that he's going to hold everyone to a certain standard of excellence. And that doesn't change that Devontae's gone or Christian Watford's out there. I like that Aaron Rodgers is holding everyone accountable, but he wasn't good. 15% goes to injuries. Dave Bakhtiari hasn't played. Well, he's played one game since 2020. Elton Jenkins coming back from an ACL. Al Lazard, you're supposed to number one, didn't play. The Packers weren't set up for success, A, playing on the road first week with a lot of new things happening, but to not have that foundation of the offensive line, not good. And my last 25% is not ayahuasca because the amount of people that were like, oh, if Aaron Rodgers didn't do ayahuasca, he wouldn't have came. That was two years ago. To all the people that think Aaron Rodgers just tried out ayahuasca this offseason, it was two freaking years ago, and he won two straight MVPs. So I don't want to hear that the new drugs Aaron Rodgers is trying the homemade plants in Peru, ayahuasca, not the problem. That's my pie chart of blame. And yes, I can blame not ayahuasca. I don't know if you can. Yeah, actually. it's questionable. <laughs> I, I, I think that you have misallocated. I think that you need to 
blame somebody else with that 2%, but I'm, you should say that nobody should have ayahuasca on their pie chart of blame. I blame anyone who's blaming ayahuasca. That is a fair, that is acceptable. That I, is acceptable. Not ayahuasca, you can blame something that's not something. <laughs> no, I literally don't think it's possible. <laughs> All right, go to yours. <laughs> the absence of blame, you can't blame the absence of blame. I just did. Uh, uh, mine's going to be a lot more simple, I would say. Um, I will lead it off with uh, Christian Watson gets 10% of the blame. He catches that ball. Ooh, it's a good one. 75-yard touchdown. All of a sudden, that game is entirely different. The entire Packers sideline is, is, is fired up. The momentum feels different. The, the entire confidence. Level of confidence, language. momentum, everything changes if Watson catches that ball, and it's a ball that I easily could have caught. Uh, Aaron Rodgers gets 10% of the blame, similar to what you said. The standard is there for Aaron. He did not play his best game. He admitted a massive mistake uh, on an RPO where he should have tucked and run when Darius Smith crashed at the goal line uh, on fourth down, and Rodgers should have kept it and uh, and merely run around him and gotten a nice, easy touchdown there. Uh, and, and look, he, he didn't play his best game, and when you're Aaron Rodgers, you have that burden. It's the penalty of leadership. It's the penalty of greatness. It's the man in the arena. And when he is great and wins, we give him credit. And when he's not great and loses, and this is a year where he's going to have to be even greater at the beginning of the season to make up for some deficiencies and some of the growing pains he talks about. And he knows that, and he accepts that. Me and him uh, are on the same page there. 10% of blame for Aaron Rodgers. Joe Barry. Gets 18% of the blame. That's very specific of you. Uh, well, it was 20, and then I had to back out some percentage points here for Josh <laughs> Maggio. Because uh, you're right. I can't go. I can't. Uh, Joe Barry ends up with 18% of the blame. Uh, again, I blame the scheme less than uh, than his inability to get his team to execute it, and that's on him. That's a great, great team. Uh, I, I shouldn't say that. That's a, that's a lot of talent on defense. And there's been a lot of investments made, both with draft capital and with um, money, on building the talent on that defense. It's now his responsibility to make that defense go. It did not go in game one. Josh DiMaggio gets 4% of the blame. I agree. Not only has he been negative about the Packers going, and I feel like he's just been negative in general. Agree. He asked if we were ready to go to start the show, and I said, I was born ready. Here's some goofy, dumb Greg dad joke. And he just goes, okay. You know, it was great. It was like it, it was. Oh, a, it was a different break. It was a dismissive. Great, great. Yep. Don't want to be here. We need better Joshy energy. Uh, they can feel it all the way up there in Green Bay. Uh, I think he knows that as well. Hopefully great. he'll take responsibility for that. Uh, and then Matt Lafleur gets fifty-eight percent of the blame. The overwhelming amount of the blame. Uh, when you're a head coach and you have the offseason to prepare for game one, um, you've got the ability to script your opening drive, you know who you're playing, you're familiar with the other coaching staff, and you're coming off of a year last year in which you came out horribly and talked about how you're going to need to learn from that. You can't do it again, and he did it again. He's aware of all these shortcomings. We give him a lot of praise. We talk about the brilliance of him as a head coach and 39 wins uh, over his first three seasons. Now, that is the most win over any three-season span for any franchise to not make the Super Bowl. Uh, but I, I think that he has to take the lion's share of the blame. The Joe Barry stuff is on him. Uh, a lot of the offense stuff is on him since he really runs that offense. He knows he should have gotten the ball to Aaron 
Aaron Jones more, uh, and ultimately he was outcoached, and his team wasn't prepared, and I think that he even would take uh, the bulk of the blame for that as well. So pat on the back to Matt LaFleur, but he does deserve 58% of the blame. Yeah. I forgot what I was going to say. I had something. You did a whole breath and a whole movement like you were gonna you were gonna come in there, but that's all right. Eight hundred nine ninety thirty seven seventy six. We want you to chime in. Where do you place most of the blame? Again, eight hundred nine nine zero thirty seven seventy six. You can give us a full pie chart, or you can just let us know who you blame the most for the Packers' loss yesterday in Minnesota. There's plenty of blame to go around. Eight hundred nine nine zero thirty seven seventy six. Eight hundred nine ninety thirty seven seventy six. We'll open up the phone lines for you, the Scalzo and Brus family first. Benny's going to tell us about uh, his friends at Stat Hero. Yeah, because football's underway. Like, we are here. And and more importantly, if your fantasy didn't win, like, you can basically just go to Stat Hero and, like, create your own fantasy team weekly and take home cash weekly. I mean, it's the best. I had so much fun doing the Survivor, the $50,000 Survivor. I'm still alive because of the late resurgence of the Indianapolis Colts. But, like, not only do you win instantly when you beat Stat Hero, like I did this week, thank you very much, they're adding a new wrinkle, which is insane. Players who put the biggest beatdown on Stat Hero throughout the season can earn additional prizes up to $2,500. Tickets to the AFC or NFC games, PlayStation 5, Air Jordans, like, you can win, like, different prizes by going to Stat Hero. Check out the lineups at Stat Hero. Don't forget to enter promo code Ben at Stat Hero because you will receive 100% deposit match. Stat Hero is where winning isn't a fantasy. Back in two minutes to hear what you think. Where do you put the majority of the blame for the Packers' loss yesterday? 800-990-3776. Uh, Josh, you will get something up on Twitter, at Scalzo and Brust. Look at Josh Dimashio. What a pro. Uh, we Better get, energy from him already. Yeah. I think, did you take that one to heart? I did. That was very offensive. Uh, so I'm looking to improve here for the second hour. All right, we'll be back in two minutes on Scalzo and Bros. We're presented by Bud Light live from the Milwaukee Bucks Foundation golf outing at the Bog. It is Scalzo and Bros.